Looking for the perfect gift this holiday season? A board game subscription box from our friends at Unbox Boredom is your answer. And as a special promotion for listeners of this podcast, use the coupon code MARRIED at checkout for $10 off any new subscription. Sign up today at UnboxBoredom.com. That's UnboxBoardom.com. You know what they say, Laura? Who? Them. What? What do they say? They say that... that <laughs> I'm scared to hear the answer. They say that everything is bigger in Texas. That is so true. Does that include board game conventions? I don't know. Well, we have some thoughts about our recent trip to BGG Con. We're excited to share them with you. So sit down, have a listen, and here we go. Hello everyone, I am Spencer. I am Laura. And you are listening to the Married with Board Games podcast. Welcome one and all to our humble little show that we have here. Yes. Recording out of our guest bedroom. <laughs> I mean, the, the plus side about that is there's a bed right behind you, Laura. If you get tired, you can just go have a rest. How do the listeners know that I'm not already laying down? Good point. <laughs> you have some nice projections, so I don't think you can get that by laying down. Nah, yeah. That's true. So today, we've already talked about it. We're going to talk about BGGCon. What does that stand for? Board Game Geek Convention. What is Board Game Geek? <laughs> you asked. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, so Board Game Geek is a website with just, I mean, there it's endless information concerning board games, RPGs, um, war games, all sorts of um tabletop media and uh in in several different ways forums and yeah it's just um, like an information database online. ratings yeah reviews that kind of thing yeah it's, it's the place where i spend a lot of the time i'm supposed to be working oh <laughs> but um you mean when you're not working on married board game married stuff board yeah games, yeah yeah good point um so yeah they have their convention every year and it's in dallas and uh, we had the pleasure of going this year, and it was kind of a sort of a last minute decision to go. We didn't get the tickets because the tickets sold out in an hour. Yeah. So we got to go because our friends at Bezier Games um, let us work in their booth. I don't know. I mean, I don't know who would let us work in their booth, but I guess that Bezier did. They're kind enough to do that. Well, they let us volunteer with them. Yes. And yeah. because of that, we got into the convention uh, in exchange for our hard labor. Yes. So the plan for the show is we don't have really a structure. Uh, we're going to talk about some of our favorite memorable experiences at the convention and also the all of the games we've played and give you some brief synopses of those games and what we think of them. Now, this is not an attempt to make you jealous or to give you con envy, um, but instead it is to enlighten you of what goes on at some of these conventions if you've never been. And um, we'll also give our overall rating of the con and some other things. Right. I mean, there's been so much coverage of what was going on the same weekend of PAX U. Yeah. And so we wanted to let you know, you know, at the same time, there's also this going on. And this is the experience we had there. Yeah. But going back to your, this isn't outlined or bulleted out or anything, guys. No, it's not. Buckle in. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> Because you're going to listen to Spencer and Laura and just have a conversation about it. We're so, going to reminisce. We're going to extemporize. Yes. So BGGCon was held at the Hyatt Regency at the DFW airport. How do you remember that? Because when you say Hyatt Regency, remember the R is for right. So you know Hyatt it's the... Hyatt Regency is right. Right. Hilton... No, the Hyatt Grand... Grand is, is wrong. wrong. That's how you remember <laughs> which hotel, because there are two Hyatts at the airport. That's not confusing at all. Right. That, but but we that's what BGG yes. said to, to people to remind them which yes. one to go to. <laughs> Thank you, BGG. Um, so this is a relatively small convention, you know, in comparison to something like Gen Con. Right. I think just under, just shy of 3,000 people. Yes, I think you're right. And um, I feel like, you know, it was a well laid out convention, the giant room for open gaming. Mm -hmm. um, there's two, th that's the one thing I didn't like. I didn't like that the exhibitor halls were split. Well, I feel like, though, that's a new thing for this year. It sounded like, um, from our friend Brian with Bezier mm -hmm. that walked us through mm -hmm. the exhibitor halls before they opened, he made it sound like one of the two halls that we were in, that we were looking around in, everything had only been relegated into one hall mm -hmm. the year prior and that the other one was used for something else. Yeah. 
and um, that, that changed. I don't know what the story is, but I didn't like that it was split because whenever we had downtime, I would have liked to peruse some of the other booths. Well, I was fine with it being split because there was no room to fit all of those in one or the other. That's so true. You had to so split them. They should just get a bigger room. Otherwise, it would have been way too crowded. Yeah. So two exhibition halls. There is a giant area, like the giant lobby area with these big dexterity games oh, yeah, set up tons of people them. always playing those that was fun to see they also had the giant Catan out there yeah that was cool mm -hmm. um they have a pretty good library game library um there's a lot of games in it and i like that you can go in and browse yeah you can actually go and look at everything on the shelf and pick it up yeah you're not choosing from a list you can go pick it up um and it's it's great you can go in there pick something up you can weigh your options there and you take it check it out they only let you check out one at a time per person. That is true. Because they scan your badge and mm -hmm. scan the barcode on the box. Yep. So we'll get into what we checked out, what we played in a little bit. But first, let's talk about some of our memorable experiences. First, we mentioned we worked at the Bezier booth. We did. Now, that was an experience, wouldn't you say? It was. Um, so what did we do there? Well, I was nervous going into mm -hmm. it because we were demoing games that neither of us had played before. True. <laughs> um, we were demoing... The Palace of Mad King Ludwig. Mm -hmm. We were also to be demoing, um, well, our prior knowledge before we arrived at the con <laughs> was Werewords. Yes. Those were the only two. Yep. Well, I think some of you have seen on our social media, we got another one. Yep. We learned that day. Right. So, well, first off, we were lucky enough that um, our shift didn't start until Thursday. Mm-hmm. We, we got into town Wednesday evening, and we went up there to try to get copies, or at least a copy of the Palaces of Mad King Ludwig, so that we could learn it before the next day. And we did. We got we were lucky enough to get one from the lobby, I guess, because it was Wednesday night, that there mm -hmm. weren't that many people there. Because, I mean, that was a game on the hot list. Yeah. And, um... And, and it was they had a copy in the hot games area, and we were able to check it out of the library and, and learn it. And so uh, we felt good about it. We get to the Bezier booth next day, and um, we they had a copy of New York Slice as well that yep. we were to be teaching. So thankfully, it was one that we were able to learn fairly quickly. Yeah, it was. But that was that was an interesting experience, you know, um, going from normally teaching games to people that you know. Mm -hmm. uh, to people of all ranks of gaming, like some people so that, true. that know pretty much how to play and can pick up something real quick, mm -hmm. or people that this might be their first interaction with these types of games. Some people, I think it was their first con yeah. that they'd been to, and well, so I don't know exactly, like you said, what was their um, gaming knowledge level, and so that was very interesting. I was afraid of getting bored mm -hmm. of teaching the game over and over again, because the first day we were demoing, so Thursday, it stayed, I mean, it wasn't busy, but it stayed pretty steady, steady. and so as soon as I would, I started out, at, I felt more comfortable with Palace of Mad King Ludwig, and so I started out over there, and as soon as I would finish a game and be packing it up, someone else would show up and, mm -hmm. and come sit down, and we would go through it again, and so... Um, I was consistently doing games of that, and Spencer was consistently laying out New York Slice for people. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, it was it was neat. Here's another example of different levels of gaming. You know, you figure this is BGG Con, right? You think people that come to this are going to be up to date on what's coming out. We had mm -hmm. people there that come through because they're also selling their games. Came through and what's this? It's One Night Ultimate Werewolf. It's been out for years. Mm -hmm. Like had no idea that this game existed. They played regular Werewolf before, but they had no idea that right. Warnight existed. So it just gives you an idea of some perspective of people in the hobby. Well, even um, with New York Slice, that yeah. game's been out for a year. Yeah, it, it came out early this year. But I mean, and it's a reskin of a yeah. game, and there were people who had had no yeah idea about this game. Yeah, so um. So it was a it was a neat experience. I don't know if it's one I'd do again because it did take up four hours of our day. Um, three days. Three days. Of the con. Yeah. So <laughs> it and also you had to like plan around that too. Like you couldn't do something too soon before it or after, not knowing if you needed to extend your shift a little bit. So it was kind of limiting. However, that said, we are thankful for that opportunity. Yes. It was really neat. And if you do get the chance to demo at a booth. You know, I would recommend it just for the experience. If you're comfortable with teaching games, 
I think it's a neat experience. You got to meet a lot of people. We certainly did. And that was really cool too. Yes. Um, and, and had a good time doing it. Doing it. I mean, I enjoyed our time there. I did too. And I am proud to say I think I'm pretty dang good at yeah. Palace of Mackin Ludwig. Yeah. And I think I think I figured out how to break uh, New York Slice, but we'll get it into the lap <laughs> later at the at the end of the at the show. True. But um so that do you have anything else to say about our time there? Um I enjoyed also getting to talk to um just the other vendors, you know, yeah. around us. Yeah, and, that was and... cool. We talked to Mr. B, Sean B from Mr. B Games. Yeah. Um, right next to us, who that's the publisher of Spurs, which we love so dearly. Yes. That was cool. Um, so, yeah, all around great time demoing at the Bezier booth. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so thank you very much, Bezier. Yep. Next, I want to talk about, speaking of, we mentioned vendors. So we did get to browse the vendor halls a little bit. Um, one of the neat things was getting to meet, because we didn't get to do this at Dice Tower Con. I don't know why. Well, we just didn't really know. That's true. We weren't. That was around the time we were kind of forming some relationships. Right. And we weren't really doing reviews of published games as much right. then. We were doing a whole lot of Kickstarters. Yeah. So this time around, we got to meet a lot of people in person that we've been corresponding with online. Mm -hmm. uh, one of those was Dennis from Bellwether Games, which we did a review of Wind Up War. Mm -hmm. So it was neat to meet him and then also demo uh that mars open, mars open yeah, yeah they so that's a new game they've got on kickstarter didn't did it's it just probably done finish its yeah. campaign and i mean like it was a huge hit yeah a lot of people there it did and it it's... well i really liked that they had it that's what they had set up at their booth was this hole mm -hmm. for um for mars open and they were telling you there that if you could make a hole in one they would give you a copy yeah that was really cool that was very neat and a, a great idea yeah and Dennis, it's funny too because you form these ideas of what these people look like when you're emailing them. Right. Like Dennis is so much younger than I thought he was. Probably, <laughs> he looks like he's 25, but he's, he looks extremely young. He looks, I mean, but he's like got this established publishing company, which is awesome. That's amazing. Um, we also got to meet Justin from the Mint Games. Yeah, so, and Mel. And Mel, yeah. So the um, from Mint, five two four labs. Yeah, Mint Works and mm -hmm. Mint Delivery, which we got to do a Kickstarter preview for. They were there. They um, they brought out this giant. It's funny they brought out a giant copy of Mint Works, right? Which I loved that Chris Yee from Meeple Overboard yeah. Podcast is the one who pointed out that's the most ironic game yes. to have a giant copy of, it since really it's is. a game that actually fits in a mint tin. Uh -huh. But like the the mints in the giant copy were, I mean, they're made out of two by fours, bigger than I a hockey so. puck. Yeah. I mean, much bigger than a hockey <laughs> yes, puck. Yes, so that was awesome. They to were see. very big. Yeah. <laughs> and so you know, we, we we met them at their booth, but then we also got to spend some time with them outside of of the vendor hall hours. We right, played, we played some, games. some games out in the open gaming area. So we'll get to that here in a minute. But that was cool to meet them. And they then were so nice. Yeah, they were really nice. And then finally we got to meet uh Tom from Cosmos, mm -hmm. which we've reviewed a lot of their games lately. And Tom is super nice. And so we hung out with him. We went to dinner. Um and so you know we formed a great relationship with him. Yeah. Um, it was so neat. Like again, super nice. This, that's the thing about this hobby. I feel like there's just a plethora of nice people. And isn't that great? It is great. <laughs> so many nice people. Um, so it was so great to get to meet all of them. And I, I'm probably leaving some out, but... Well, we also finally got to meet our friend Mark. Yes. The Chubby Meeple. Yes, Who is actually yes. now with Colossal Games. Yeah, and we got to play one of their games, Western Legends, and got to see Kamisama. Uh, oh, that looks yeah. so neat. Two of their games coming out on Kickstarter next year, and they've got a lot of stuff coming down the pike. Mm -hmm. um, so be watching out for all the stuff that they have coming out. Yes. Um, but yeah, so it was great to meet Mark, too. Yeah. Someone we've interacted with for a long time online. Well, I mean, I feel like since the beginning Pretty of much. Married with Board Games podcast. Yeah. Like, that's... So it's been a year. Yeah. And so that was really cool to finally be able to say, hey, we've met and we played a game together. So that's one thing I will say about these conventions is they are great places to not only form new new relationships, but also just kind of meet people you interact with online in person, whether that's reviewers that you follow or other or publishers. Yeah. Or game designers. Yes. Speaking of game designers. we got Wow. To... It's like I made a segue. It was perfect. <laughs> so this is this was definitely a highlight of the convention. We met Asger and Daniel. And mm -hmm. so these are the team of designers that have done well they did Iron Curtain, which we talked about. Yes. Um thirteen days, thirteen minutes, the you know, all those Cuban, Cuban Cold Crisis. War type stuff. Mm -hmm. And um 
just in passing on Twitter mentioned that we were going to be there and um, we met up and they were there with Ultra Pro because that's the publisher of Iron Curtain. Yes. And um, well, in 13 days and 13 mm-hmm. minutes. And uh, that was just so awesome. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> These guys are so awesome. They're like, just the coolest people. They're so cool. And they're, and they're so European. <laughs> yes. You look at them and say, you're from Europe, aren't you? Yeah. They're, I think walking through the halls, everybody could tell. So they're they're from Denmark, right? They're from Denmark. That's so That's cool. That was what and I saw on their name tag. Yes, they're but they're so such awesome people. They're so they so nice. They they showed us uh, one of their brand new games that hasn't even been published over here in America yet called A Tale of Pirates. Oh my gosh, this game is so neat. Yes. So uh, this is again, we'll talk about this in a minute. Uh, but it was cool. Number one, to get a designer to teach you the she game. Their game. And we played through that, and then later on that week. We played with them, those two guys, and Justin, and Mel, and, Mel, and two other guys, uh, in a game of Captain Sonar. Mm-hmm. And so to be able to play that with these guys who are all in the Cold War, and um, yeah, I mean, like as we were sitting down to the to the game, Asger was asking, "Now who's America and who's Russia?" <laughs> yes, it it was so much fun because they were so into the game. It was so intense. That was fun. The way they were, they doing... know how to play that game. Yes, and. Yeah, well, then, well, it was definitely a a bad t- bad thing for my side of the game because they were both on well, one side. They both side. got on the same team. The so first game. that yeah. was completely unfair. Yeah, <laughs> it's very unfair. But then we also got to meet a couple of other designers and play their game. We did. We met. Well, first of all, we met um, Kevin Wilson mm-hmm. and Eric Lang. Yes, uh, who co-designed Arcane Academy, another game that we had reviewed. Right. And got they got they signed our copy, which was awesome. Very nice. And Eric was very busy. But Kevin wanted to show... Well, we played Arcane Academy with Kevin. Okay, yes. This was one of the coolest experiences. I find it so fascinating. And Justin and Mel kind of did this too. Of mm-hmm. As we were playing the game with them, they would comment on the way we originally had this card. Mm-hmm. It said blah, blah, blah. But it was too powerful, so we had to dial it back. Like Different things like that. Yeah. I find that so fascinating. I, I want to know more about the design process mm-hmm. and... That I mean, I don't find myself ever aspiring to be a designer, but I just I find it so interesting the way that people find this inspiration and work it out and make it into this thing that we all have boxes of in ourselves, yeah, you know. Exactly. And so that was really fun to get to hear Kevin talk about that of you know, when we originally designed the board, there was a link here and we just figured out that was just too powerful and so we took away that link. But even because he kept noticing, I kept thinking there was a link uh-huh. there. And he said, you know, I still think that too, because there was a link there when we designed it. And mm-hmm. I was like, what? That's yeah. so cool. And <laughs> but, uh, it was know, really neat. Again, a super nice guy. So friendly. You know, soft-spoken, but mm-hmm. very, very friendly. In fact, he showed us two more games that he's designed. Yes. One that's been picked up for production. Yes. And by a Pandasaurus, which I don't know what the... If there's any kind of secrecy clause on that, so we won't talk about it. But it is a two-player game from Kevin Wilson. So be watching out for that because we really enjoyed that one. Mm-hmm. And then there was another family-style game, kind of like a dungeon dungeon crawl, trick-taking style game. That was game. super neat. That was neat and definitely a good one for families, I think. And that was his intention. Right. He wants to so, pitch it to some someone like USAopoly or that kind of thing. Right. So, I mean, he's got some great stuff coming out, so be watching for yeah. him. So that was really cool for him to show us his prototypes. Mm-hmm. It was awesome. We were thankful for that opportunity, too. So if you ever get the chance... You know, some people may say, well, I'm a designer. You want to see my game? You can say no to those people. But if it's a tried and true designer who gives you the opportunity to either play a game with them that they've already published or a prototype, I say give it a try because it's a really neat experience. It was awesome. Yeah. And, you know, he was offering to play with anybody. It wasn't like a scheduled only for reviewers. Anybody he would find, he Mm -hmm. would bring them into his his prototypes. We saw, we walked around, we saw him playing with another guy. Mm -hmm. It was so cool. It's really neat. So, uh, again, awesome time with Kevin Wilson, too. All right, so we keep talking about we played lots of games. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about them more in a listicle format. Listicle? Yes. What? Like a list article. That's what they're called. You know, like those 10 I've things I've never that... heard that before. Yeah, that's what they're called. Like 10 things that you need to do for this. Man, it's called a I'm, listicle. I'm getting up with pop culture <laughs> There you now, go. All right, uh, so we're going to do that here. But first, we're going to take a quick break to talk about one of our sponsors for the podcast, Unbox Boredom. Now, as we mentioned at the top of the show, Unbox Boredom is a subscription board game service that delivers 
brand new board games directly to your door to keep. And what I really like about Unbox Boredom is unlike other subscription services, Unbox Boredom can really be enjoyed by any type of gamers. They have a wide range of game options from strategy, family, and even party games. Additionally, you can select how often you want to receive games, monthly, bi-monthly, or quarterly. With the holidays around the corner, this is the perfect gift idea for gamers like us. You can give it to a friend, family, or even yourself. People are always asking us about new games we play and how do we find out about them? Well, Unbox Boredom finds great new games for you. You can select between three featured games each month to choose from or just trust the experts and be surprised when it arrives at your door. And as a special promotion for Married with Board Games listeners, you can use the coupon code MARRIED at checkout for $10 off any new subscription. Sign up today at UnboxBoredom.com. That's UnboxBoardom.com. Let's talk about some games. Let's talk about games, baby. Let's Let's talk talk about about how much fun they are. Okay, so I'm, I like that. Thanks. We should keep that. We should. <laughs> that should be our introduction every time we're about to play games. So I'm pulling up my handy BG Stats app. If you don't have this game, or if you don't have this app, I highly recommend it. That's... I can look and see how many more times I've beaten Lara than she has me. Yes, you love to drive me nuts with that app. <laughs> okay, so let's start with first of all, we played the Palace of Mad King Ludwig. Yeah. Let's talk about that real quick. Okay. So this is a successor to Castles. Right. This is not cooperative, but instead of... And it's not an expansion. No, it's a standalone game. So that's that was something really interesting as being someone who worked at the booth and having people walk up and see that. Either they had knowledge of... They'd played castles, or they had knowledge of it, like on the periphery, or they hadn't heard of it. They kind of really just fell into those three categories. Um, and so the way that I liked to start off the conversation is, have you ever heard of or played the castles of mad king ludwig and um if they said yes i'd say um well this is a different game from that there are some elements that you'll find familiar such as room types um there's some elements in the expansion that are brought in as well like the moat and the swans but it's all the way this is different is there's no bidding auction it's just drafting the rooms they're all square so you're not having to figure out how to fit them in there just right and everybody is building one palace and so there's a lot more player interaction Mm -hmm. this way and there's also an in-game timer and that's how the moat comes in that um after you uncover some certain icons on the big header board um you'll start adding moat tiles and once you close the moat around the castle game over time to add up your points final verdict what do you say about it oh my gosh i really like this game Mm -hmm. I know that your opinion differs from mine. I prefer this one over Castles. Well, and here's the way. Here's the reason why I don't prefer this over Castles. It's a good game. I like it. It's fun. I like the puzzle aspect of Castles better, of trying to fit those different shaped pieces together to optimize your points. And I don't. Okay, so we will be divided <laughs> on the Ludwig games for now. Okay, continuing on from uh, Bezier, we played a lot of New York Slice. In New York Slice, you have all these different pieces of pizza. They have pepperonis on them. Some are meat lovers slices. Some are anchovies. Some um, have veggies. Veggies, only. yes. So it's a set collection game. Um, each round, one person builds the pizza out of random slices, and they get to split the pizza in however many ways that there are players. And you take turns picking a selection, and you're trying to collect. You get, you know, if the pepperoni slice has like a number of eleven on it means there are 11 slices in the game, means they're worth 11 points if you collect the most of that type Mm -hmm. at the end of the game. And Sam goes from 11 all the way down to like 3, I believe. That's right. And then at the end of the game, you tally up who has the most of each piece. You can also eat pieces if if they don't fit into your set, so you get points for every pepperoni you've eaten. That's the low down whatever that phrase is. Quick and dirty? Quick and dirty, sure, of, of the game. So I split, you choose, set collection. Very quick, you can play it in under 20 minutes. Um, It's fun. I don't know if it's one. It's probably not one for our collection. Right. Um, but I think it's a great, a great, you know, beginner game. Right. And they did a great job of making it very thematic. Yes. The box is shaped and works like a pizza box. Um, the score pad is like a guest check that you mm-hmm. can get at a restaurant. The rule book is like a pizza parlor menu. Yeah. Um, they did an excellent job of keeping it thematic. And it made me crave pizza every single time we 
we brought it out. Do you want to talk about how you think you can break the game? Oh, yes. So I mentioned this. You know, there's one person in one game that we played. He ate pretty much every single slice that he got. Because normally the idea is you want to collect different sets. Mm -hmm. But he didn't collect any sets. He just pretty much ate every slice that he got. Because if you eat slices with pepperonis on them... Each pepperoni counts as one point apiece. Yeah. And so this guy, no joke, gained 28 points just from pepperonis. And then he had a special, daily special that gave him some extra points. He won the game by eating, only eating the slices. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I'd be curious to find out, you know, I've only seen that in one instance. But I'd be curious to find out if that's like a consistent thing. If one person only eats their slices, do they win every time? Right. But anyway, that's New York Slice. Okay, and then the third and final game that we taught at the Bezier booth was where words. Their words. Where? There. Oh. <laughs> this is classic a classic joke. <laughs> classic. Um, this is a really, really cool um just I think it's a total change from mm -hmm. One Night Ultimate Werewolf. So yeah. if you go in thinking that it's gonna be something like One Night, um be you will be pleasantly surprised. Including the artwork and the narrator from the app. Yes, Those so are these very are different. totally different. Um, basically the story they like us to tell at the booth is the mayor of the village knows the magic word to get rid of the magic, to get rid of the werewolves, but he's mute. Mm -hmm. And so, um, secret roles are dealt out. Some werewolves, villagers, um, a seer and the mayor and the mayor is supposed to reveal themselves much like the sheriff in bang the dice game reveals themselves. And, um, from there, everyone, you know, do classic like the narrator tells you, close your eyes. The mayor opens his eyes and um, the app displays a list of words. I think it's only like two or three choices. Yeah. And, and you can and you can set the difficulty going into the app. We'll get in more into that later. Oh. And um, the mayor gets to select what word they're going to try to get the villagers to pick. The mayor closes his eyes. The werewolves open their eyes and they see the word. Yes, there can be more than one werewolf. Mm -hmm. Close their eyes. The seer opens their eyes. They are a villager. Sees the word. Close their eyes. Then they, everybody opens their eyes and they have four minutes? Well, you can set the timer. Oh, okay. We were playing as a five-minute game. Right. Um, to try to guess the word. And it's basically like 20 questions since the mayor cannot answer you verbally. He has tokens that say yes or no, um, there's a, I think, a, one maybe, that says maybe, or a couple there, that say maybe, there's one that says so close, mm -hmm. and then there's one that says correct. Yes. And um, you have this set amount of time to try to guess the word. Now, obviously, the werewolf knows the word. They can try to steer the line of questioning the wrong way. The seer knows the word. They can try to steer the line of questioning the right way. Either way, um, there are two outcomes, obviously. Either the villagers will guess the word or they won't guess the word. If the villagers do guess the word, there is an option on the app that you select that says, we got it. From there, a new timer starts and the werewolf or werewolves try to figure out who the seer is. So the seer can't be too obvious in trying to lead that line of questioning back to the word. Um, if the werewolves, werewolf, parenthesis, S, um, <laughs> are successful in killing the seer, werewolf team wins. Mm-hmm. Conversely, if the villagers do not guess the word, a new timer begins, and just like in classic One Night Ultimate Werewolf, the villagers all discuss and try to decide who is the werewolf, and at the end of the timer, they will vote. If they kill the werewolf, the villagers win the game. Something fun? The mayor can be the werewolf. Or the seer. Correct. Um... After the guessing round is complete, the word is displayed mm -hmm. for all of the players during the voting round. So people can look at that and go, wait, I asked you if, like, let's say the word was pizza. Pizza. Okay. I asked you if this was a food and you said, no, you lied. I think the mayor is the werewolf. Yeah. Uh, different things like that. I think that's super cool. Mm -hmm. So going back to what you were saying about the word list. You can set your difficulty, but you can also make custom lists. Yeah. Something that's been really good for Bezier. They don't have to make each language. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but then also, you can customize your list. Like, they liked to give the example of a teacher uses this to have them have her class learn their vocabulary words. Yeah, you can put, like, vocabulary words in there. 
You can well, there's there are crowd sourced lists, so someone's right, made you a can Harry, download other people's lists. Someone's made a Harry Potter list that you can do. Someone's made a board game list, so you could be trying to guess different board game titles. Um, somebody made a WWE list. Yeah. <laughs> somebody made a radiology list. Mm-hmm. Radiology yes. terms. Yeah. Like a great way to study. Mm-hmm. That's that's just really a great idea. Very yeah. creative, and so that's why I say. Um, you'll be pleasantly surprised if you're going in thinking it's One Night Ultimate Werewolf. You'll There will be some stuff that's familiar to you, but it's a totally different game. Yeah. And well worth a try. Yeah, for sure. And that's Werewords. Next um, is a one that we posted a picture of on our Instagram. So go check this one out. But this one by our friends, Daniel and Asger. Mm-hmm. This one just And it looked... was published by Blue and Blue Orange. Orange. Yeah, Blue Orange Games. This one just looked interesting. What is this, Laura? This is Panic Mansion. Um, and it's funny when Spencer first picked up this game, he was like, oh, it's a dexterity game. I think you're going to be like flicking around this mansion, trying to get to these certain rooms and get these items. Not at all. That's not it at all. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and they did a genius packaging with it. So I'll cut, I'll circle back to that. But so, um, you've got this little box in your hands. It's kind of shallow. It's got a divider in it. Kind of like you find like in the Christmas lights box that uh, separates the bulbs, you know, to keep them safe. It's kind of like that. There are these small little rooms. There's eight rooms, and they're each a different color. And so basically when you're looking down, it looks like a little room with like a rug in it or something. You have an adventurer meeple. Think kind of like Indiana Jones. There are two ghost meeples. There are two eyeballs, like literally wooden Mm -hmm. round eyeballs. I mean, sphere round, not like a circle wooden piece, but disc, but a ball. Um, there are two like rubbery kind of spiders and then there are three gold cubes, wooden cubes. And, um, there's a deck of cards. You draw one card and lay it down. And on the back of the card that's on top of the deck, it tells you what items, um, you need to get. And then the one that you just laid down on the other side, it tells you what room. And so then you go and you are shaking (laughs) the box, (laughs) trying to get those specific items into that one room and nothing else in that room first person to do it says panic mansion and takes the card and the first person to five points wins <laughs> yeah so it's like someone made a game out of they made a game of trying to get a guitar pick out of a guitar almost That's what someone like. you mean daniel and asger did yes i mean um, this game i i laughed so much me too it's, and, it was, it's so ridiculous well and it was funny because it was just us two playing mm. and then these two guys walking by saw us i mean obviously mm. having a very good time yes. and Asked what it was, and we just said, sit down, and just yeah. handed them some boxes, and then we said, here, get these items in this room, and go. And we just started, and we were all just having a ball with yeah. it. Yeah, so this is, there's not a lot to this game, so there's not much depth, so it's really just, literally, you're just shaking this box. But I think it'd be fun for, for kids, I definitely. do, too. So yeah. I need to circle back, like I said, to the packaging. The way they made the box that this all fits in, on the back of the box, there's a clear window and it has the mansion in it and the pieces loose, so you can kind of test it out before you even purchase it. It's pretty neat. Cool. So that's Panic Mansion, right? Right, from Blue Orange. All right, Laura, we're going to have to maybe cut down on our words per game because we've got <laughs> several more to get through. Oh, good. So let's see Let's let's see how we can we provide... We like, uh, timed... No, well, we don't have to go that far. But let's see how much we can condense these games but give Thoreau... Throw but condensed thoughts on these games. Okay. Next is Pandemic the Cure. All right. We finally got to play this game. We've been wanting to play it forever. Um, it's the Found di- it in the library. Yes. It's the dice version of Pandemic. And it and is... And it's literally that. They have translated the board game into dice. Yeah. And it was... I, I was just amazed at the way they did it. And it was brilliant. Yes. And it it's fun. It's hard. We lost... So hard. Lost very bad. But I want it now. Yeah, me too. I, I want it a lot. If you're a fan of Pandemic... And you like rolling dice, mm-hmm. then uh, go for this again. Would definitely recommend it for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I know someone who likes one of those things and kind of likes another <laughs> one of those things. You might want to be thinking about that one. You know who you are. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Pandemic is the cure. Gives uh, we definitely give that one. Um, I for me, it's a seal of excellence. Mm-hmm. Excellent game. Um, and they even included an expansion yeah. that um, brings in characters and events from Pandemic Legacy Season 1. Awesome. What more can you ask for? Um, an expansion that includes stuff from Season 2. <laughs> sure. <laughs> okay, next. Uh, this is Downforce from Restoration Games. This one was so much fun. So, you know, this was one that the, the theme doesn't interest me at all, really. 
I've never really been a fan of, I mean, racing. Right. We had a game. We had Formula D yeah. for a while. I'm sorry. I think that game's kind of bland. It, it was bland. It's it, just it was, it was It was fun for a while, but it, it got bland. Mm-hmm. And so Downforce is from Restoration Games. Previously, I think it was... It's from Wolfgang, Wolfgang Was it like Kramer, Daytona 500 or something? Something like that, yeah. And so they brought it, they restored it for this day and age. Um, you're racing cars around track, but it's more about bidding on the right cars. You have this hand of cards that that moves different colors of cards for on the Several track. Several different cars, yes. so you're not just moving your own. Yes. And so there's this hand management aspect of you, you want to, first of all, select the right team based on the cards that you have in your hand. But at the same time, as it goes through the race, you can change who you're bidding on based on how other cards are performing. Well, not bidding, who you're betting Betting on. on. Did I say bidding? Yes, you said bidding. You're betting. You have three rounds of betting through the race on who's going to win. Right. So even though you own this particular team and you're trying to get them to win, you also can bet on someone else's team if they're doing better and there's no way you can win. Right. Because the name, I mean, the end game is you want to have the most money yeah. based off of your betting and how much you spent at the beginning of the game in order to acquire your racing team. This was definitely a surprise to me how much I enjoyed this. Oh, me too. Um, I did not expect how much I enjoyed it. And the, the, the guys that taught it to us were so nice. Yes. And very friendly and funny. It made the game very fun to play. Well, you know they're cool dudes because after that they were going to go play The Art of Chill. Yes, that's Bob right. Ross. So uh, that's Downforce from Restoration Games. Immediately after that, we got to try out Werfel Bonanza. What's that mean? It's the... I don't know what it means. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Werfel means dice. That's a very... That's that's a lot of extra letters for <laughs> dice. But anyway... It's another language. They All other languages use more letters than right. America. So this... <laughs> <laughs> so um, this game is not being re- produced in America. It's not coming over to America. So this was a German game that mm-hmm. luckily... Hey, what do you know? There's this great website called BGG or Board Game Geek where people translate game instructions into several other mm. languages. And somebody printed out those English instructions yeah. from the website, included it in the box. I mean, they just had this whole bin yeah. full of every bonanza well, that, ever made. I that's think. the thing. There are millions of bonanzas. Um, we've but we only, only have played... a few of them in America. Yeah. We've only played. The regular original Bonanza. Yeah, the card And that game. was fun. I felt like it dragged on a little bit too long for what it was. Mm-hmm. But I was curious about this one because I've always heard people be like, oh, it's so much fun. It's Play it if you get game. a chance to it. Yeah. And uh, I agree. I, I it mean, was a lot of fun. I mean, there there's some set collection to this as well. Um, I don't remember. It. it was pretty late when we played this, so I don't remember exactly how it works. But you're rolling dice. It's Well, there's kind of like a Yahtzee well, uh, thing to it, a right? A little bit, yeah. You roll your dice, and you have to plant at least one bean in the field in order to keep rolling. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're also you're wanting to plant just the right beans to meet these requirements of the cards that you have in front of you. Yeah, and, to fill orders. Right, and as you fill those orders, you get more and more coins. And the first player to how many coins was it? Seven. That was it? Mm-hmm. Or was it 11? I think it was double digits. No. Yes. Okay, 11. Because you could get four coins from one card if you did all the way up to the top. Okay, it doesn't matter. Okay. (laughs) It doesn't matter. It's not coming to America anyway. And um, it was really neat. I just, I wish they would get a new artist. I'm sorry. You don't like that artwork? I don't, I don't like it either that or it needs to be updated. Yeah. Because it looks, I mean, this game, even though I know it's a new... I mean, it's not that old of a production. It mm-hmm. looks like it was produced in the 1970s. <laughs> kind of. Uh, I like this better than the card game. I do too. It was a lot more fun. Yes. Anyway, so that's Werfel Bonanza. That means dice. <laughs> okay, so we teased this one a little bit. This is by uh, Asger and Daniel, the, the one that they taught us. The one... Yes, their game that's coming to America. Yes. They just don't know who the publisher's going to yes. be yet. And we will be doing a review of this one, actually, because they sent us their copy. Yeah, they handed us yes. their personal copy. And you know what? I am still kicking myself to this day that we... I don't know what was wrong with us. I guess it was because it was like after midnight at that yeah. point on the last day of the con. Yeah. We didn't get them to sign the box. And, and what is the I box? I am so mad at myself. What's in the box? Yes. In the box is A Tale of Pirates. This game is so awesome. Yes. So this is a real-time cooperative game. And worker placement. Worker placement. But what's different about these workers, Laura? These workers are sand timers. What? So that means you put your worker there, but they can't perform the task until the time runs out. Yeah. And they're like 30 second timers. Yeah, something like that. And a round of a game is five minutes. 
because mm-hmm. there's an app. That app is great. The app is really cool because what I like is random events will pop up. Yeah. Like, just like what would happen at sea. Um, if there's if the wind dies mm-hmm. down, then your sail speed drops down to zero. Right. Well, or a big wave comes and it turns you um, a different direction mm-hmm. than what you were going. <laughs> so so this is a campaign style game. Yes. So there are 10 missions and each mission has a different objective mm-hmm. as noted by the app. The app tells you what you need to do. It tells you how to set up each each mission. There's it's not and there's a lega- levels. Yeah, there are levels of difficulty. It's not a it's not a legacy game, but each um each mission you up open a thing mm-hmm. and you can use that and yeah, and, you get a new thing yeah. to add on there. Yeah, and it keeps track of your progress, um, such as with the three levels, easy, medium, and hell. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> You can get um, zero to three stars, and it keeps track of that so that next time somebody can come along and try to beat Mm -hmm. your score on your app. But did we mention this pirate ship is 3D? Like it's uh, a 3D, I don't think we did. <laughs> it's a 3D cardboard pirate ship that's got like... It's complete with like a crow's nest yeah. and everything, you guys. Yeah, so there's almost a dexterity element too of you got to put it in and you when you take it out of the crow's nest, you want the crow's nest to, to you don't fall. You want it to fall off because it kept uh, falling off. Yeah, but you know, these places where you put your, your pirates can be destroyed by enemy ships and so yeah, you can't can... put your, your pirate there mm-hmm. and then you have to go repair it. Or if you roll the wrong thing, you can mm-hmm. blow up your own yeah. cannon. Lots of fun. I'm excited for people to get... For this to come to America, and I'm excited to play through all the missions and, and review it. Right, and we're excited to show you guys in our review, and that's A Tale of Pirates. Moving right along, Laura, let's, we, we've talked about pirates, we've talked about castles, now let's talk about dragon castles. That's, ah, a, that's a bad, that's a bad segue. Yikes. Okay. Well, we're keeping it. All right, so <laughs> tell us about Dragon Castle. Cool. Well, um, Spencer has been telling me for forever since he saw this come up that I would like this a lot because I like Mahjong. But and I guess you didn't like mahjong. I don't know. You were just kind of indifferent, indifferent on it. Yes. But you like Dragon Castle now mm. because um, it takes mahjong and and cranks it up to eleven. Yeah. <laughs> so you can take your matching tiles, um, one of which has to be on the top, the top row, mm-hmm. um, and uh, place them on your little mat. As you take them, you'll turn them face down. You'll get you can score them based right th- or right then and there based on what color they are, and um, then you can start grouping them together and um, even put layering them one on top of another. And you're going to be able to build like shrines mm-hmm. and stuff. So you're making like a little building there, and you're cl- accruing these points yeah. as you go because that's also the kind of the game timer mm-hmm. is. How when somebody gets to this certain point threshold, then it unlocks this yeah thing that you can either take those tiles or you can take this to add two more points to your total. So this is from the same people that did uh, Potion Explosion. So right. you can see uh, from horrible C1. games. So yeah, you can see a little bit of like that end game timer you like with Potion Explosion when you take those award tokens. Mm-hmm. There's kind of a similar thing going on here. Right. Um. But yeah. So. There's some matching going on here, yes. some some tab almost some 3D tableau building type things going mm-hmm. on here. Right. Um and once you get get going, it's very simple. Yeah. But how do you what do you feel about it? How do you feel about it? I liked it a lot. I did too. I, I want to explore it more. Definitely. Yeah, we played at the Simon booth. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, I would like to get a Well cup. and our, our demoer, I believe his name was Justin. He was super nice. Yeah. Um he's from Montreal. Mm-hmm. And had the, a lovely accent. Mm-hmm. And it was a lot of fun playing with him because yeah. he wasn't one of these demoers that was bored. Yeah, he of was the excited. Game. Yes, he was super excited to teach us and show us. And he also was not holding back no. at all. Yet, I think we were all within a point of each yeah, other. Yeah, it was very close. I came from behind. You certainly awesome. did. Yeah. It was awesome. It was very neat. Yeah, so definitely recommend Dragon Castle. Check that one out. Okay, Laura, I'm excited to talk about this one. Let's see how many we, we've got. Three left. Okay. Three left. Um, next is from Matigo Games, and this is Meeple Circus. Yes. Um, I've heard so a lot about fun. this, and this is another one, one of those eye-catching games. How do you like to describe it, Spencer? This is animal, animal upon animal with a lot more game to it. That's so true. Um, so you're, you've got the super cool, each player has their own little like center ring for the circus, and you have... A certain colored performers and uh, they have different requirements there are strong men who have to be on the ground and they have to be supporting something there are some 
people who kind of go in the middle. They have to be, they can't be touching the ground, but they need to be supporting someone else. And then there are flyers who have to be on the top and there can't be anything on top of them. And you want to get them as high as possible. The higher you can get them up in the air, the more points they're going to get. There are also cards laid out of specific stunts that you want to try to build. So with that, there's a timer. There's a game timer Mm -hmm. um, of you trying to build those different kind of like, do you call it a tableau? No, it's like almost well, like a sculpture kind well, of. Well, you see, here's with as a theater person, mm-hmm. I would call it a tableau. Yes, but you in would. gaming, it's not a tableau, so a sculpture. Mm-hmm. Okay. And um so my favorite thing of the game is the timer yeah. because it's circus music. Yes. In the app. <laughs> and I love it. And then yeah. as it's winding down, you get there you have the drum rolls. Mm-hmm. It's so cool. Mm-hmm. I really love it. It makes me super excited. So it's very thematic. Yes, super Extremely thematic. Extremely thematic. You, as you advance through the game, there are more cards that come out that With are like... With specific performers. Yes. Um, that they have a certain face on them and they go, they like have to partner with a specific mm-hmm. animal. Like I got the dude that um, works with the elephant. Mm-hmm. So he could stand on his trunk or he could be um, standing on his back. Yeah. I think that... Um, did you I, get the horse rider? I had Tarzan. <gasps> That's and right. And so Tarzan had to be on top or touching an animal. And, and if you put it on top, he has to make his Tarzan yell. That's a requirement. It's a rule. Spencer had to make the Tarzan yeah, yell. Yeah, it was very bad. It sounded more like a old lady yodeling. Well, but... and I, what I loved was the, <laughs> the guy demoing. I mean, he has this lovely French accent. He's from mm. Paris. And he's, I don't hear Tarzan. Yes. <laughs> he would, that's not a French accent at all. That was terrible. But um, he... Uh, he he was very demanding yep. of that, and he stayed on it. And um, he had the card that he had to make the animal. animal sounds as he placed the animals. But he only had one animal to place. So. Did he have a lion or something? I think so. Yeah, so he just roared yeah. at us and uh, different things like that. It makes it super fun. So I think it's a very family-friendly game. But then yeah. there are also some things that can really make it difficult. I, I would love this game just for us. Like, I wouldn't even care if we played it with our daughters. This is my game. <laughs> I know, right? Because, I mean, there's You can have cards... animal pull on animal. Right. Like, one of the cards that I got that made it super difficult for me was that I could only place meeples with my left hand. Yeah. It was very, very hard. Do you remember what yours was? No. That... Oh. I don't. Okay. It was kind of <laughs> well, There a was another one that said something about not using your thumbs. Yeah. In placing them out there. And I don't know why I decided left hand would be easier. I think now, looking back, maybe no, no thumbs. No, no, thumbs. you got to have your thumbs. If you could use, like, your two no, index fingers. too hard. To Okay. Well, it was very hard maybe with my left you. hand. <laughs> but, I liked to say, though, that I didn't do so great on that because they were not at a level spot in, yeah. the, ex- in the exhibit hall. They were kind of sitting on a slant, so everything was tilted toward me and kept falling in my lap i definitely want to play this one again though me too that's meeple circus okay next just in time for the holidays we played santa's workshop from rio grand games i didn't know anything about this game um except for the fact that i think tom had said that it was kind of like his surprise of essen so i was like oh i gotta check this out basically what it is it's just a pretty simple worker placement game that Mm -hmm. takes place at santa's workshop you've got elves that do things like um, build toys, collect resources for those toys. You can care for the reindeer. Care for the reindeer. <laughs> um, get um, get you know once you it's kind of like fulfilling orders. Once you fulfill a toy order, you go get some more. Mm-hmm. Um, so and you get rewarded with cookies. With Christmas cookies, yes. <laughs> um, this game we didn't play a whole game because we just ran out of time, but we got enough of a play in to get, to get some thoughts on the game. First of all. It's a charming theme. I think it's really cute. Mm-hmm. I think the the coloring of the game is really dark for some reason. And I don't know why. I feel yeah, they're like they're not bright, vibrant no, colors. Like because you're in his workshop, it's like all wooden, and I just, everything just needs to be brightened up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, the toning on that. Um, well, in a, in addition, and tying into that, I think just the artwork in general was lacking a little yeah. junior highish. Yeah. Um, but as far as the game itself, it works. It's a fun, basic worker placement game. I mean, it's no more complex than something like Lords of Waterdeep. Well, and you certainly don't want to fail. I mean, no. you're the elves <laughs> making the presents for Christmas. I mean, yes. that would be terrible yeah. if the game was against you. <laughs> so if you want a fun, basic uh, worker placement game that, you know, people are always looking for, for Christmas-themed uh, games. Well, and I think this is a great one for families. Families, working yes. With, to play with kids. I yes. mean, I, I feel like... At, Worker placement was a little bit of a foreign concept for me to learn. Yeah. And I think this is a good way for yeah. young people to learn it. And it'd be fun to play in July. 
Christmas in July or any time of year in that Santa's workshop. <laughs> Staring you down. Yes. All right. We're down to our, well, I guess we can include one more. So we've got two more and we're, we're trying to, to talk about games we haven't talked about before uh, that were new to us. So next is Mint Works. We had never played Mint Works before. Right. We did Mint Delivery yeah. and got the review. And um, then I brought up, I was like, we've never played Mint Works before. Mm. And they went, what? So yeah. they so we played got to, it with us. Yeah. We got to play Mint Works. And it's a great. It's really, a again, you talk about basic worker placement games. It's mm-hmm. pretty basic. But, you know, the gimmick that it fits into a Mint tent. It's a fully fleshed out game. It is. That, you know, you don't, I don't feel slighted by by playing this game. It's Not a fun all. experience. So um, they're they're sold out of it right now. Um, otherwise, I re- would have recommended this as a great stocking stuffer. True, and they've just released an expansion. Yeah, that adds like cooperative play, right? Kind and of red like an mints, AI, yeah, like in delivery. Yeah. So just wanted to give that one a quick mention because we did get to play it and we did like it. Mm-hmm. And that is Mint Works from Five Two Four Labs. And then the last new game that we played. Uh, this is one that was on my like I have to play this list. That's Whitehall Mystery. Now, this is in the same universe as Letters from Whitechapel, mm-hmm. Fantasy Flight, uh, Hunting the Killer. And so what you're doing is it's it's real basic. You, one person plays. I don't think they actually referred to him as Jack the Ripper, but he's essentially Jack the Ripper. And then all the other players, it's a four-player game. You have to have all four characters in play. So if you play with fewer than four, somebody has to play multiple characters. But um, it's like a hidden movement game. The killer finds a place in London that they're going to start. And there are four quadrants of the board. They have to make it to each quadrant on the board. And if they do, they win. But the investigators can uh, track him down. They can do things like if they move on a path that he's already been, he has to put down a clue that that's happened. Right, if they investigate, if they that, investigate that spot. That specific spot. And there, it's also a little asymmetrical because each... Um, police officer, inspector, investigator, whatever, um, they have a special ability. Mm -hmm. Um, I think what killed me about this, though, was that it's once per game. For yours. That you can use. Oh, all all of them. them, That's true. All of them. You can only use your ability once per game. Yeah. I think it's it's right, though. Because, I mean, y'all didn't need it. You would have overpowered. Yeah, y'all didn't need to use it more than what you won. I was playing the the killer. Yeah, after the first round. Right, they're like... Like, you made it through a whole round without us finding you. Right, but that's the thing. You found me. There are yeah. three rounds yeah, in the true. game. I didn't even make it halfway through the game. So, um, so my verdict on this game is it's really... Well, that game was quick. Um, but if you want the gameplay experience of something like Fury of Dracula, which we like, mm-hmm. have a fun time with, but it is kind of long, mm-hmm. and there's a little bit more to it. This is... Strip just the basic strip down hidden movement. Very true. Hide and seek. If you want that experience in a short amount of time, I really recommend this. I I, I like this one a lot. Mm-hmm. Well, and I, I think it was partly kind of fast because we were trying to get through with it to play mm-hmm. something else. Yeah. Well, I mean, I was trying my best not to get get caught. Mm-hmm. But I loved I loved that element of being the one hiding. I've never been that that character never, before. Uh, oh, okay. Because every time I play Fury of Dracula, it's hard, yeah, isn't it? It is. <laughs> but I love it because I love listening to everybody else playing. Like there's where on earth could he be? And like I walked right right past you. How did you not see me? And then it was fun, like saying that oh the the police officer bent down to pick up a donut. That's why I didn't see. Yeah, we were imagining (laughs) how he got past us. And this is like it's the guy hiding behind the newspaper. And my little Pinkerton cop just went do 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 right past. (laughs) That was a lot of fun because we played that with Justin and Mel as well from Five Two Four Labs. Yeah, so I really liked that one. Um, and I think that about covers all of the game. Do we, did I miss anything? I looked through the app. Is there anything we didn't log? Oh, there is one more. Uh, we did get to play Queen Domino. Another game from Blue Orange. Yes. Uh, we've played King Domino. Mm-hmm. Found it slightly... Underwhelming. Underwhelming for our tastes. Yeah. Um, a lot, a lot of people like it. That's not to, you know, discredit them. But for us, there just wasn't enough to it to hold mm-hmm. our interest. There wasn't enough game. No. But we played Queen Domino. Yes, because we'd heard that this one ups the ante. Yes. And I agree. It, it does. does. It does. It adds some buildings mm-hmm. that you can build to your your dominoes. It adds the queen who like goes to the person who yeah, has the most to towers. Visit that land. Yeah, yeah, who has the most towers. So different types of buildings, different types of layers that you're adding to these dominoes. Still essentially the same concept. You can also use knights to go collect taxes. Yes, that's, that's pretty neat. Yeah. 
So essentially the same concept, you're trying to get like tiles touching and that and build building the largest groups of those with the crowns in them. But within but, a restricted size square. Yes. And but some of those buildings that you build onto your your cat or your tiles add special abilities, special points, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I found that a nice addition. Mm-hmm. I think that I mean I would never play King Domino after playing this one. I agree. I don't know. Again, I don't know if it's one that we would own, but mm-hmm. I enjoyed it. Right. Yeah. If somebody else pulled it out, I'd definitely be up yeah. for a game. Yeah. Right. Okay. I think that about covers it. Great. All right. So here's what it all boils down to. We talked about a lot of games. Mm-hmm. Do you have a favorite one that if you had to go out after our weekend and pick one up to buy, what would it be? You go first. Let me think. Mine is... Downforce. <laughs> I had so much fun with Downforce, and immediately when it was over, I wanted to play it again. I just, I laughed. There was, there was just enough game there for it to be interesting and fun, but it wasn't overly complex to, you know, me to sit there and say, okay, how does this work again? How does this work again? You know, once it was taught, I picked up on it and had a blast, and I didn't even win. I think I came in last or second to last. But a great time. So I really liked Downforce. And we played a lot of really great games. Mm-hmm. But I, just the experience that I had with that, that's what I would get. Awesome. What about you? Or two, if you can't decide. I, I'll, I'll say it since we won't get it here. We're full bonanza. Really? Yes. You that's know how cool. much I love dice. You do. And it, that game is so compact. Yes. So small. That would be and quick. Just pull that out and... That'd be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Well, I'm surprised, but not surprised. What did you think I was going to pick? Uh, maybe Dragon Castle or mm-hmm. um, Meeple Circus. <laughs> yeah, Meeple Circus. <laughs> yes. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Okay, I'll pick okay. two and Meeple Circuses. Yes. <laughs> okay. That's it. All right. <laughs> so um, the, out of all the games we played, those are the ones that stood out. Down for So can I pick two? Yes. Then my second one would be Whitehall. Okay. Now, Force Whitehall, um, Meeple Circus, and Warful Bonanza. Mm-hmm. So, um, I mean, that just goes to show a game that's been out of print, you can't get anywhere, is, is still a blast. <laughs> All right. So, that about does it for this show. Um, that was a lot of fun. Had a great time at BGGCon. How about you? Sure did. We've been to three conventions this year. We went from zero to conventions to three in one year. Mm-hmm. We went to a Falls Con. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dice Tower Con. That's right. And BGG Con. True. Still, though, I said this after B- after Dice Tower Con. If I had to pick one to go to, it'd be Dice Tower Con. I, I agree. BGG Con was fun. Mm-hmm. Not to knock it, but I just, I loved everything about Dice Tower Con. I, I did, too. I did, too. I felt like it was, I as even as relaxed as BGG Con was, I felt mm-hmm. like if it's possible that Dice Tower Con was an even more relaxed mm-hmm. atmosphere. Yeah. Very much so. Mm-hmm. And thank you. There were several people that came up to us to to say hello, to introduce themselves, whether it's they they watched our videos. One guy said, hey, and he, he walked up to me with a frown on his face. He said, <laughs> yes. I just want to tell you, I had to get three jobs because my wife wanted to buy half the games on your top 100 list. <laughs> he was obviously joking. but He was extremely nice. Then yeah. it turned out being a small world. He was from the same town that one of my some of my relatives yeah. live in, and he knows them, and that was really fun. Yeah, so um, we love that, though. Um, we love talking to people. Um, so thank you for and thank you for coming up to say, to say hi. Mm-hmm. It's so neat to meet many of you, and um, hopefully we can do that if you'll come join us at Dice Tower Con next year, which the tickets are on sale. They're going fast, though, a lot faster than they have in previous years. They are, and they only added just a few more, yeah. but they expect to sell out. Yeah, so if you want to go to that, go to that. It'll be like the first week of July in Orlando. Yes. Next announcement. We have our gift guide online. Don't forget about that. Mm-hmm. If you need some suggestions on what to give, maybe some people who aren't gamers. Um, that's kind of the the criteria we had in this list was games that aren't too complex but for people in x category mm-hmm. so check that out at marriedwithbg.com slash holiday 2017 find links to all these games that we recommended in that gift guide final announcement we are about to drop just one day after this podcast releases 
we were releasing our preview on a game from Gray Fox Games. Yeah. And that is Bushido. Yes. It's currently on Kickstarter. Yes, it is yeah. on Kickstarter right now. Um, we don't want to talk too much about it because, you know, that dates the, the podcast episode. But it's really cool uh, drafting well, dice. That's what got me was when Alex mm-hmm. from Gray Fox said... It's a dice rolling two player battling game, and yes. I went, Spencer. We need to get this <laughs> game. <laughs> yeah. Um. So it's really fun. We've got one, one or two more plays before we have our final thoughts. Right. Um. But we'll be recording that very soon. It'll be going up, and so be watching out for that mm-hmm. to see if it's something that you want to check out. All right. Our next episode is going to be our wish list. What we most want for Christmas this year. We did it last year. It was fun. Let's do it again. Let's but, do it again. But this year, I want to hear from everybody else. Oh. And we will read. If you can't decide, if so if you want to do one or two, tell us what your most wished for game is this year for Christmas. Right. Whether it's through tweet, which you can tweet to us. At Married with BG. Or you can email us. Laura at MarriedWithBG.com or Spencer at MarriedWithBG.com. Or if you want to send it to both of us, it can be MarriedWithBG at gmail.com. That's not too confusing. <laughs> uh, you can Facebook message us. Facebook.com slash MarriedWithBG. Or you can send us a message on Instagram. At MarriedWithBG. In fact, you could even include a picture, a picture of yes. the game. <laughs> and, and tag us in it. Yeah. So yeah, we want to know what you want and we will be happy to read uh, your your selection on the show when we do it. Very true. Okay, that's enough blabbing. Laura, do you have anything else? Nope. Nope, because I said that's enough. <laughs> and because episode. I have nothing else, that's my decision. You didn't yeah, decide right. it for me. There you go. I'm an independent woman. <laughs> and I'm thankful for that. <laughs> Yay. Well, since there's nothing else, this has been episode 31 of the Married with Board Games podcast. I'm Spencer. I am Laura. Thank you so much for listening.